0: Hello, cyclocross friends, and thanks for tuning in to episode two hundred and sixty-nine of Cyclocross Radio. For the show where we are talking to Frank Deal, who is the race director for Go Cross—that's capital G, capital O, cross—I actually, in this conversation with Frank, find out why G and O are capitalized. After so many years of wondering, I could have asked him years ago. I never did. It always confused me, and now I know. But hey, that's. A tangent and an aside, much like many that we get into this conversation. It was great to catch up with Frank. We actually did this one face to face in Roanoke, following the Amateur Road National Championships that Roanoke also held, and that was that was part of the conversation we had because a lot going on in that area, and the folks behind Go Cross really have their hands in a lot of it the wide angle podium donor drive is starting to wind down but there's still time to get your hands on a brand new wide angle podium toque beanie knit cap use whatever lingo you like for that thing that goes on top of your head and keeps it warm and looks cool and has a nice wide angle podium logo on it to get your hands on that merch Go to wideanglepodium.com and become a member and support the shows that you listen to. If you're listening to Cyclocross Radio, we would love to have your support. You can also split it between other shows like Grodio or Nowhere Fast or Criterium Nation or the Slow Ride Podcast. We want to continue to bring you the best independent cycling media the world has to offer and It is through your donations and your membership to the Wide Angle Podium podcast network that we're able to do that. So WideAnglePodium.com. Sign up, become a member, and keep your dome toasty warm. We also have Hammerhead again with us this week as a returning sponsor. Proud to be supported by Hammerhead and the crew, too. This, this computer, we've talked about it in the past, but it is truly the most advanced GPS cycling computer available today. And to keep it continuing to be advanced, one of the great things that they do is that they have bi-weekly software updates. So you're never going to be stuck on old tech in inside of your Carew 2. It's always going to get updated. If there's a bug out there, they're going to take care of it, fix it right away. They're giving you more features without having to buy an updated unit. This is unmatched in the industry. So unlike other head units, your Karoo 2 continues to evolve and improve with each ride being better than the last. Seamlessly, wirelessly imports routes from Strava, Komoot, and more. And you can route, reroute, create pin drop routing on the fly. If you are a super user of cycling computers, this is the way to go. And we, we have a deal that we had in the past that's coming back. Very popular deal from Hammerhead. For the Crew 2, for a limited time, our listeners can get a free heart rate monitor with the purchase of a Hammerhead Crew 2. Visit hammerhead.io right now. Use the promo code CXRADIO, C-X-R-A-D-I-O. Altogether, put it in all caps. I don't know if that matters, but let's just be on the safe side. Do that at checkout, and you will get your free heart rate monitor along with that purchase of the Hammerhead Crew 2. It's exclusive, limited time, and only for our podcast listeners so don't forget to use the promo code CXRADIO it's a free heart rate monitor with the purchase of a Karoo 2 go to hammerhead.io add both items to your cart and use the promo code CXRADIO right, let's get to it this is Frank Deal from GoCross it's episode 269 of Cyclocross Radio and we're doing all of it right now Frank, Bill. <laughs> first off, congratulations on Go Cross. Another another step in in uh, moving up the line. I know just talking to you over the years, you um, had ambitious goals for this race, and it seemed like how many? What year is this now? Uh, UCI. This will be year four. Okay, but overall, what overall
1: is it? the first year I think was two thousand thirteen. It just kind of evolved from almost like a pickup game of cyclocross, and then we joined the Virginia Series, the VACX, where it was like, yes, we got 75 people here. And then over time, we just kind of grew and uh, got, got a little bit more backing, a little bit more energy, and uh, the fact that we're not near a major metropolitan center and we're able to, to bring people here and share our hometown with everybody is, is pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, in fact, we're here for the Amateur National Road Championship that was not this weekend, but this whole this whole week, pretty right, much. Right? Yeah, 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 Wednesday through yesterday. Yeah, and I don't know, just, just to jump right in. The, the one thing that I, I've seen that you have that not a lot of places have is that you have a sponsors, you know, especially in Virginia Blue Ridge that support what you're doing, and what I think is interesting in this and and i'm just looking at it from the outside in is that you all as the lesson i learned from you all as a race organizer is to stick with it because it seemed like you have gone through these ebbs and flows over the years of not having enough funding and then getting the funding back but just having that relationship with sponsors just seems huge i mean it seems like so important
1: absolutely i mean Virginia's Blue Ridge is amazing. It's like literally they can move mountains. Um, they're the regional tourism bureau, uh, basically, and they were the loc for amateur nationals. Uh, they so we have like I think it's five uh, jurisdictions in in the the immediate area, and tying in all the rela- uh, counties and cities to make the event happen for amateur road nationals as well cycle, uh, go cross as well. But I mean, we had four months to to plan for amateur road nationals. And it was huge to pull that off, and the amount of energy and you know it's it's pretty special. But you know, in regards to to Go Cross, yeah, I mean, uh, they're mainly funded by you know people coming to Roanoke with hotel nights are huge for, for their funding, and uh, you know with with the pandemic, of course, that kind of did a little 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 bit of a hit there, probably a big hit, and now they're bouncing back stronger than ever. But cycling is a huge part of the brand. For the Roanoke Valley and the Virginia's Blue Ridge.
0: What is your history with this area? Did you grow up here, or when did you come to? to oh Roanoke?
1: no, I, I grew up just off the Chesapeake Bay down in Yorktown. So big history nut here too. But uh, I moved here 17 years ago, 2005. Uh, my my wife is from here, and we met in college. She graduated first, got the job here, and I've always loved the mountains and. It's changed a lot here for the better since 2005, and I absolutely love this place. And the, the community, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I mean, it's, it's really tight. It's not a huge community, but it's a special community. Uh, the riding here is amazing. The quality of life is here amazing. I mean, traffic is if you get a stoplight more than twice or yeah, more than once. It's like, oh, but coming from Hampton Roads area, or even when I would go up to north of Virginia, it's, it's really weird to jump back into that traffic after living here.
0: Yeah, so I uh, I went to law school in Lexington, Virginia, right. which is what, like hour hour up the road or so from here in the early '90s, and just from you know, Roanoke was the big city. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and back then, yeah, big city. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just the change. I mean, it was always a cool town, but just the kind of the revitalization of the of the city from there until now is has has been. Yeah, immense. But what what's your what's your history with riding? Were you always were you racing b- bikes growing up, or what? how when did you get into this? So
1: uh, in middle school, which would have been the pretty early nineties, let's just call it pretty early nineties. Uh, I got a two hundred dollar used road bike with Biopace chain rings and down tube shifters. I didn't race then, but I loved racing. I, you know, credit Greg Lamont to that in the in the eighties. Like just fell in love with it. Uh, my parents lived just off one of the major cycling routes down in the the York County, Newport News area. And so I would always see the group rides go by. It's like, oh, I want to do that. And uh, so did it. And it was pretty cool. And then December 1992, got a 1993 Trek 850 SHX. And then did my first mountain bike race in the summer of 93 and was hooked. Raced mountain bikes through the 90s, went to college, kind of stopped riding a little bit, kind of doing the the college band uh, sound guy thing for a few years and just rode for fun. And then out of that got into road racing, uh, 2004, 2005, did that for a while. Son was born, kind of cut back on the racing. And I used to think cyclocross was the most ridiculous thing ever. I'm like, Oh, why would I do that? And when I worked at the bike shop here, uh, West best, who's one of the, uh, the, the founders of go cross and real big on that. You know, he loved cross. And I used to, I honestly, I just used to make fun of him. <laughs> like, oh, that's so silly. And what's this rolling a tubular thing? It cantilever breaks. <laughs> but uh so I tried it a couple times. It wasn't my thing. But then in I guess it was October of two thousand thirteen, you know, jumped in. Ironically, uh, I think it was one of the early uh, first go cross and I was like, Oh, it clicked, I'm sold, I'm jumping into the deep end, let's go. And then uh
0: That's it. So you weren't. I I was. I was under the impression that like you were the one of the founders of that race, but you were just out there as a participant. I mean, I I was
1: helping out. Yeah. You know, but I mean, I still thought it was a little silly until until I got that got that that addiction. I guess you want to call it the cross addiction.
0: Nice. Okay. Quick tangent here. Yeah. Uh, What what kind of band was it? How 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 big were you? Where were you touring?
1: So I mean, it, it was mainly college towns in Virginia, down in North Carolina. I mean, we played as far north as New York down to Atlanta, but mainly Carolina, Virginia, uh, based out based out of Richmond and Farmville, America's first c- two college town. Hampton, Sydney. What was the uh, what was the band's name? It was just uh, it it's kind of a silly name, but it's called Junction, and I was just okay. a sound
0: guy. But I think I heard it what, probably. Yeah,
1: yeah. We 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 played at Washington Lee a lot. Yeah, and, uh, those are always interesting times.
0: Yeah, I grew up playing in bands in Richmond. Yeah, so but I I I I don't even want to like start naming clubs because oh, yeah. they'd all be different yeah
1: i mean like uh <laughs> you know the flood zone wasn't there anymore by the time we were rolling but right. we did play a place called alley cats a lot yep
0: alley so, cats played there yeah it was like jade elephant rockets all mm-hmm. these places that don't exist anymore okay yeah. all
1: right I, tangent
0: done <laughs> i am happy to go on any tangent because my mind is fried right now <laughs> yeah for yeah just to i know we jumped right into it but frank was the uh volunteer coordinator for yes. for uh, amateur road nationals and i don't know probably slept about three or four hours in the last week so it,
1: it, not not far from it
0: <laughs> so it, was, it was probably about three and a half to four hours a night so he's gracious enough to get in there but you know but coming down to roanoke i really this is this has actually been a long time coming i want to talk to you <laughs> i mean we've known each other for a long, time, a long time and i just wanted to actually sit down and talk to you about this because I know we've had chats just about cyclocross in the mid-Atlantic and especially with you all in Roanoke. And I know, I mean, I I don't want to put words in your mouth. I don't know if it's a frustration, but we have it so easy Oh where we are in the D.C., Northern Virginia area. Population density. Yeah, that we can have a race, two races a weekend, and never have to be in our car more than an hour. Right, unless you the know. traffic's real bad. Right, and even though <laughs> it's the hour people are complaining that that's too far. It's too far. <laughs> You're in Roanoke. It's yeah. it's I, w- middle of the night. It took me a little over four hours, and I was like, "This is the easiest I've ever yes. ever come to Roanoke." Because I was yep, uh, but not close. No, no, uh, but, not close. And even even for even for the Virginia series, a lot of it is you know uh richmond richmond roads yeah yeah so you're on you're in western virginia right
1: on along the 81 corridor there's another race up in harrisonburg called rocktown which is actually a a lot of fun i would recommend anybody from up in the dmv area to make a trip down to see ken and everybody at rocktown didn't virginia
0: tech used to have a race for a while they did yeah they did it was usually a night race right that's right Yeah. yeah But still, you're sort of out here. And then to start a UCI race is just just crazy town. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It happened. Uh, but I think the cool thing that made it, you know, we already talked about the sponsor, but the other thing that made it possible is that you all have this. You, a lot of, you know, this is nothing new for people who listen to this podcast, but the fight that a lot of organizers have in the U.S. for cyclocross is that. People don't want you in their park. They think you're going to ruin the turf. They think that you're, you know, the dog, they're going to upset the dog walkers. You're going to do all these things that, you know, (laughs) that we're always fighting against things. Mm -hmm. It isn't like, oh, this is awesome. Come in. Please use our facilities. This is a great event. It's like, it's, it's a nuisance. Oh yeah. Fallon Park, you got this great facility. You've actually put in permanent cyclocross features in it, you know, how, how, How did that come across?
1: So, uh, you know, basically, we just kind of started riding out there. The Parks and Rec people noticed, and they actually ended up doing like a, uh, a preseason series on, on like Wednesday nights or Thursday nights, depending on what year it was, hidden into cross season. And so that, that was pretty cool. But um, just uh, we gave purpose to the park because it was, even though it's called Fallon Park, it was almost like a fallow park. And so having some people out there uh, a few months a year kind of Gave purpose to it, a presence, and we were kind of caretaking. Uh, and then uh, I guess back in 2015 when uh, Deschutes Brewery was looking for an East Coast location, that that was, that was a nice piece of additional leverage because Deschutes loves cyclocross. Now, Deschutes uh, still has a sales presence here, but they had to close their tasting room back on, uh, I guess, December 31st. But they're still involved with Gocross. They're still a sponsor. And so uh, we did some upgrades to, to Fallon Park and that really started spinning up the inertia that, uh, you know, kind of kept that, that cycle going, so to speak, with Fallon Park and cyclocross and giving us uh, just a lot of flexibility in how we use the park.
0: Yeah, you put in this really nice sand section mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, is isn't just... In Afterthought, I mean, that thing. How do you know how long it is? I mean, it's whatever the UC, I don't know, 150 meters, 100 yeah. meters, whatever the UC, 80 meters. I think it's 80 meters. Okay, yeah. so 80 meters long. Yes, yeah, great sand section. You have these uh steps in there that you built, mm-hmm. and then even you know, I, w- what I like is that y- you all seem to have so much fun with that park that you're not satisfied with what has worked in the past, oh, yeah. and you're always growing, always changing. Yeah, uh, you know, the addition last year using a lot more elevation, I thought was really cool and added, added a lot to that course. And then you have, you have an actual road section that runs down the middle. I mean, it, it's kind of just set up perfect for, for, right. for, for what you want to do in there. Oh, yeah. And we'll be making some more
1: tweaks this year. Um, might, you know, we have to accommodate some, uh, some camera angles this year, and there's going to be an entire new uh, addition on the hillside that's below the school over by the, the start-finish. As what instead of just having that little loop of the, the little Becca entanglement last year, uh, we're going to extend that out and
0: have some more, some more elevation. Yeah, you sort of slipped that in there about camera angles. So that's, that's kind of what I want to get to is that, you know, starting out 2013, just kind of this small grassroots, I think we had, I, I remember hearing about there, didn't wasn't it wasn't like a huge rain storm like either that first or second uh, year i don't i don't really remember that but yeah. we were
1: we were always part of so go cross is a spinoff of uh go fest which is the go outside festival i'm glad is, you brought this up because yes. i always want to know and okay. it's all, okay good so yeah. so yeah so everyone's always probably like what the heck is it? go cross i mean yeah we, it was kind of funny because we're always the first race of the season so it's like go cross <laughs> but uh so we're an offshoot of go fest which is uh, roanoke outside and uh, which Roanoke outside owns go Cross, and I'm the race director, but, um, so go fast stands for go outside festival, Anthem insurance and, uh, Carillion, uh, healthcare system and Roanoke outside. And it's a, it's a, it's a pretty big festival, 50 plus thousand people over the course of the weekend, uh, multiple outdoor events. It's basically just a giant celebration of outdoor uh, experience and life here in, in the, the Roanoke area. And uh, so it used to just be like kind of a little satellite event off of GoFest, where we'd go out to Fallon Park and race bikes. And I guess actually 2012, it was just literally—I think that like your number plate was a—and I did it in 2012, uh, just for fun. But your number plate was literally like a, uh, a paper plate with your number on it. And then the next year, it was like a the VACX race with the first official year. And I took over the race in 2016. And we moved it off of GoFest Weekend because GoFest Weekend was also DCCX Weekend. And, uh, you know, it, you're not really going to get many people when you got one of the biggest races in the country going on just a few hours up the road, especially for our Richmond and Hampton Roads friends, and, which DCCX is an incredible
0: event. and Yeah, look forward to that. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad that, what we were able to do UCI wise mm-hmm. i think that you have sort of like jumped on that and then again we've had tons of conversations about that and then just even even taking it that next next step further which is awesome to see but just not to gloss over this thank you for answering the question of why the heck is go cross capitalized which is I probably should have just asked you years oh. ago, but that's just <laughs> driven me crazy for, so go outside, go cross. Okay. Yep. There this we makes go. Makes So much more sense now. Yep. So, so 2016,
1: we, we spun off, we had the flyover. we had a lot of energy. Cause that was like the first big to shoot year. And then 2000, and uh, I invited Roanoke outside to actually have, to run the beer pit or beer garden. I was like, Hey Pete, Pete Eshelman from Roanoke outside, uh, and Roanoke regional partnership. I said, Hey, we could really use a beer garden if you're willing to. And all of our funding, our money, kind of went through Roanoke outside, but they weren't really giving anything to us. You know, as a sponsor of the race, they were just kind of helping us out that way. But um, I know that makes no sense. But anyway, it's like, hey, Pete, if you're able to get the permit for the ABC and you want to sell the Deschutes beer, you can just keep everything. You know, use it as a as you know a money raiser, a fundraiser for you guys and he had fun. He knew a little bit about cyclocross. And then the, uh, the Blue Ridge Twilight Crit, which used a very similar course to what we had just downtown for, uh, for Amateur Road Nationals, um, kind had of to, had to pause because of construction that was impacting the course. And so that money became available to go cross. And the next year we were on the, let's see, what, it, what do they call it? Kind of the baby
0: yeah, like the American calendar yeah, cross yeah, a- calendar or a- something. C- yeah, or whatever,
1: American cyclocross calendar. There we go. It kind of your first step to becoming a UCI. And then 2018 was our first year, and that, that was definitely a big learning experience. And we had Mimi there as our, as our chief ref that year, and she was fantastic and helped us go from 2018 to make a better 2019. And then all the feedback we got from 2019 we put into 2021 – we did have a small grassroots throwback race in 2020, which was pretty cool. We had, uh, we had you guys throw down there. That was, that was kind of cool seeing him, uh, you know, bash heads with Carrie and whoever else was there. Um, and,
0: uh, I kind of forgot what we were talking about. So. <laughs> yeah, no, but let's, let's talk. <laughs> it's just that kind of that progression of the race going from this more grassroots race to this UCI event. And, you know, I've, I've, told you in the past that that your course is like a great cyclocross track it's one that i hope more people get to know and i think this year you're gonna have that exposure where a lot more people will will see it and we'll we'll get to that uh but it's it's um it's that you've always, I think that a lot of times as there are race organizers out there that sort of get what they have and they're sort of, they settle with it. But what I love is that you and your, this whole organization have always, always been ambitious, you know, I mean, not to, you know, you've always looked at what else can you do? Can we have Pan Ams here? Can yeah. we have nationals here? Right. What, what can we do in this park? Because I thought it was great because it's yeah. not, you know, it's, it's, it's not that old of a, of a, of a race really, um, but to do that – and then you made the jump this year going from a double C2 weekend that I think in the past, it was really interesting how your race worked out because it, it – it, it, cyclocross racers in the US, I think, overthink – and that's not a pejorative, I think, in a good way. <laughs> everything that they do, especially for the calendar, I mean, I, I think people in Europe and everything, until they come over here, don't understand how big the U.S. is. And if you want to race cyclocross and you're in the Midwest or you're on the West Coast, you know, you got to come east. And yep. You have to figure out how you're going to do your calendar. And we went from having, you know, two, even three C2 races on the same day to, thankfully, last year where it all yeah, was. Yeah, the, the flow was pretty good last year too. Yeah, there wasn't any overlap, but GoCross now has kind of – you've kind of become this first – this opening weekend mm-hmm. for, for the UCI calendar. And I think for 2018, 2019, there are people making that decision, do I really need to go to go Cross? Right. It's usually hot as heck down there it's not not something that I necessarily want to do. you're a later date this year for one thing right
1: yeah it's yeah, it's about you know the same weekend more or less we had last year, yeah, so you know twenty uh twenty one with that new uh streamlined calendar, you know, we'd pushed back uh to the the mid September the week before Rochester, yeah, and uh yeah, it paid off really well I
0: mean but now. <laughs> you're not a C2 weekend anymore. You're a C1, C2 weekend, which I think makes it a mandatory race for everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we got a taste of C1
1: last year thanks to the UCI points reset, uh, where we got, you know, I think
0: Curtis was the only... only. uh, uh, Right, he was the only one with points. That's what I actually was going to say. Thank you, is that uh, last year, I think, well, 2019... No, 18, which was 19. 19, people were like, oh, I can sneak in here. Mm-hmm. Go, go down to Roanoke. Right. Nobody's really planning on it and sort of get those early points right. in the season and sort of you know jumpstart the season. And it was interesting because there were a couple people there. I think Tobin might have been there. Yep. And then Tobin was like, why is everybody else showing up? And he was <laughs> kind of mad that other people were like coming to the race because he was like stealing the points. Exactly. You know, ought to like, sneak in there and, and get a good start to the season. And like this year now – it's like, yeah, and and you're right with the point reset. I think, yeah, Curtis uh, had those points uh, after the pandemic and everybody else needed go cross in order to have good grid position for Rochester. Right. That was Whereas kind of the goal. a lot of the women had gone to Europe and had the points. Right. Curtis was the only guy. This year's not the same, where it's not like, oh, I need to do this for something else. Go cross now is I need to do this for this. C one, part of the US C X series, which is great. Congratulations oh, on thank that. You, Bill. you know, the uh, I know the the it hasn't been announced yet, but the live stream is I, I am confident will all get worked out and that'll be an exciting part of it too. Um but you got to be able to check that off the list now. I mean, oh, you yeah. keep like moving up and yeah. what you're doing Moving on up to the East side. <laughs> so,
1: yeah. We're, we're really excited. It was, uh, you know, we, we seem to be really good at doing some, uh, some late, uh, changes to what we're doing. And, uh, we appreciate the flexibility with Chuck, Terra, everybody at USA cycling for, for advocating for us, uh, with the UCI. So if anyone doesn't know, uh, you know, it's UCI is big, you know, top and, all of our correspondence with the UCI more or less goes through USA cycling so um, and speaking of USA cycling, this week here gave me a whole new level of respect of the the event staff that puts on the national championships and how hard they work and how passionately they work but uh, yeah the, the so the opportunity for the USCX uh, with uh, the uh, i don't know if we want to call it cancellation or pausing of jingle cross, you know we'll see what happens there. Uh, they needed another weekend and, uh, reached out and said, Hey, if there is any way you guys can go see one, we, we might be able to, to make something happen. And so fortunately our friends at Virginia's blue Ridge were able to, to help us out a little bit to, uh, make that happen. And, uh, it, it definitely took a, took a lot of work, but I can't complain. Uh, I'm really excited to, uh, to basically capitalize on those ambitions and uh, see where we can go with this.
0: What's the, I I, I think I've just like excised it from my brain because <laughs> I didn't want to think about it too much. But the difference between C2 and C1 prize money, was it like 10000
1: uh, So I, I think for one day, it's probably, it always depends on the exchange rate. I really wish we could use the exchange rate right now instead of the one on January 1, but uh, which is the official UCI exchange rate. Uh, it would actually save us a little bit of money, but anyway, that's a that's another tangent there. But uh, I think it's somewhere between six and seven thousand dollars difference between the uh, the C two and the C one payout. Okay, yeah, so not so, not a small
0: amount. Right, right, and and since it's just one, you're just changing. You were already a C two, so it's just adding right. that on. Yeah, right, It's just that one adding day.
1: that extra six, maybe even eight thousand dollars somewhere in between. That I have it, I have it all on my Excel spreadsheet somewhere.
0: Are there showers in the in the, uh, there the pool are showers area in, in the
1: pool area? Yes,
0: <laughs> they, always, they were. that may seem like a weird question. I know Frank gets it, but the one the one thing that I, is in the UCI regulations for cyclocross is that you have to have showers available
1: within so many kilometers of yeah. the finish. Yeah, yeah, it's they're there. They were, they were on last year. Yeah, um, so uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be one of those like awkward, you know, high school, middle school. Oh man! This no, is just, no, no, you no, know, no! It's like
0: Parry Roubaix. Yeah,
1: oh, there you go, Parry Roubaix, but without those stalls.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> but there are showers. <laughs> Good. Okay, you, you check that box. Uh, the way that Fallon Park sets up, and I know I've told you this in the past, just from covering it on my own with my two feet, just covering <laughs> it for video. It's really, it's. I think it's it's going to look spectacular. It's it's not you know. You ha- do have that – I don't know if you're going to use the wooded area again. I think
1: that's going to be up to the uh, producers as to whether or not we can have enough cameras for over in the woods. Yeah. I hope we can because it's a unique uh, section and gives the riders a little bit of a break too. But even
0: without that, it's it just sets up really well for – I think it's going to look really good on a live stream. I think that you have some just from the the sand pit, you can see all the way over to the – to, to, the, to the steps and you can see just those sort of switchbacks and the, and the um, flyover. It's all almost like one camera just spinning around can pretty much get 80% of your course.
1: And we have like a nice long straight lines. So hopefully, hopefully the crew will like that.
0: Go, going back in your history, just as race director for go GoCross, what, what would you say, and it doesn't have to just be one, but like top memorable moments just just from from going through it or can you even can you even point can you even think about them or are you just so so in the weeds in the uh administration I, i'm, I'm of still
1: it? still pretty in the weeds right now but 2018 as soon as the first uci race went it was like it happened and you know it's 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 not an ego thing it's a passion thing i mean i love cyclocross racing and our our crew does and you know just the fact that we got there to give back to the community and to the racers it was just it was just uh, pretty cool although i will say that just last week seeing the press release that went out and uh for the the uscx that that was pretty cool uh because it was the the first day of like spinning up road nationals with the the packet pickup and i'm walking back to my car and i you know, somebody sent me the the screenshot from the Velo News where you know it's like USCX uh, is back with two new rate ads, two races, and the first line is Virginia's Blue Ridge Go Cross, and it was like, oh man, that's a lot of pride right there.
0: Yeah, and Virginia's Blue Ridge has to be I- I- excited about this. You know, it, you talk about hotel rooms, and it's something that I think every cyclocross race wants to deliver to a sponsor like that i've always thought visitors bureaus are such great sponsors that cyclocross doesn't take enough advantage of like the epic rides that used to be all visitors bureaus and they were great they could give away these you know huge prize purses because they were bringing people in into the town but now you know as a as a c1 as a uscx race i think that their commitment to you all is will finally pay off for this year oh yeah definitely and uh yeah, I,
1: I really look forward to seeing everybody here cuz it's it's going to be an amazing time.
0: Uh you are one of the um race organizers who somehow has still been able to jump into the UCI race and you you, you training up, you going to be doing that this year? I don't think I'm going to be doing that this year. I'm, <laughs> I'm just
1: I'm hoping to either jump into the single speed or the 40 plus race this year. Um yeah, it's it's uh, a little bit behind on the training, but we'll see with uh, you know with the c1 c2 how much flexibility i have but hoping to at least jump into the single speed just to have a good time get rowdy
0: yeah I, I but you know at least at least in the past you were one of these guys that that you know elite racers could only complain to you about course or anything <laughs> so much because you were out there oh, racing yeah, with that, you. that's funny
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i was out there too man and yeah, I lasted two laps, <laughs> uh, <laughs> usually longer than that, except at DCCX where I had like the absolute worst race of my life there. But that was awesome. It was like the, one, the first mud year I gu- or
0: mud day, I guess you guys ever had. Yeah. That w- th- our, our history has always been it can rain as much as we, we had all this, this uh, false mythology about how when it rained at DCX, all the water just sort of flowed down into that pond and then just dried up almost, you know, immediately. And yeah, we don't, we don't say that anymore.
1: Right. Yeah. That was the muddiest race I think I've ever done. And I I have never had yet such slippery mud, but it was, it was awesome.
0: Okay. You've been at this a while now. You've, you've kind of seen, um, the ebbs and flows of cyclocross in the U S I'm gonna gonna put you in the spot because I know you have opinions on a lot of things. You're a super positive guy, but I know there <laughs> are there are um, things that. What do you think needs to happen for cyclocross to maybe have a, a a second revolution like we did maybe ten or fifteen years ago when everybody was super stoked post Louisville when everybody got into you know cyclocross and it got to huge and then. We kind of plateaued, and I don't want to say we're going on a downhill now, but it seems like the energy isn't there like it was in the past, not to say that there isn't energy there. And I know that you're in a position where you're like, all of this great stuff is happening in a race, which is great, but just looking at it more globally, what do you think? Is there anything that you say, hey, if we just did this, we could get people more involved in the sport? That's That's actually a really good question.
1: I wish I had a nice little three by five note card that I could just be like, "Yes, Bill, we need to do this, this, and this, and everything will go back to the 2013, 14 heydays of the USGP and behind the barriers." But I think USCX is onto something. They've got a purse for the series that's going to be, uh, you know, something for the, the elite riders to go after. And of course, you know, we need more elite riders. And how do you get more elite riders? You get more juniors into it. You get more college kids into it. Um, you know, it's the life of an elite cyclocross racer is interesting because you do have some guys that can legitimately make a living on it, but so many of those guys are also couch surfing. And so they're doing it out of passion. So obviously there's still a passion there. It's fun. It's so satisfying to like ride as hard as you can for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, whatever level you're on. And, uh, even if you're not competing for first, you're still out there competing, even if it's against yourself. Uh, you know, you're trying to not get pulled early. I mean, it does kind of suck to get pulled, but getting the juniors in. I mean, that I think that's the key thing there, and I think they're going to be coming back. Uh, of course, I'm sound overly optimistic, and uh, but yeah, it's uh, we got to get some sort of tie-in with like the Nika push or in the other USA Cycling related junior mountain bike series
0: because I know Nika and USA Cycling are separate, but it's the juniors getting them back. Yeah, and it's it's. It is you know we've talked about it in the past, but just seeing it this weekend, you see so many of the junior U twenty three races racers that were out here, and you're like, oh yeah, I've seen him at this cyclocross race or her at this cyclocross race, and it it's, it is such a great starting point. You know, I know we've it's, it's said it many times before, just for going into other other disciplines but one, one of the things that you did hit on there and i know i'm jumping around but just going back to the uscx my biggest criticism of the uscx well a couple one of them uh from last year was that there was no prize money and that you know that i think the organizers were like and it was great you know i think john Meehan and scott page did a great job getting gcn involved and that was such even though the broadcast maybe We're not at the level we want to see them. I think it was a great start, and it's it's the kind of thing that you can't just you know go from nothing to Sporza like coverage. You know, you gotta you gotta build this, and there's a lot of infrastructure. But but just the, the the addition of the prize money now has an incentive for riders to make this a priority for their season Correct. where i don't think that was the case last year especially with the cost of traveling during the pandemic and mm-hmm. everything else it just made it really really hard now that they can look at it and say hey if i do well then this is sort of self-funded through right. the, through prize month
1: yep exactly and so yeah that is definitely something that i think uh i think last year the, their main goal was to get that that coverage on gcn plus and was also rebroadcast on on Eurosport over there, and and they learned a lot from from 2021. Uh, so you know, the uh, it would have been cool to have a prize purse, but they were their main goal was to have a series, spin that up, get the live stream, which you know in theory benefits the riders for exposure. And I thought as the weeks went on or the weekends went on, the the coverage got better and better and better because everybody was learning as they were going on. So. You know, in defense of the U.S.C.X. and I don't even know what defense would be the best word. You know, it was it was a good effort and uh, building something for the future to grow on. I mean, just like going from a, a local race to a A.C.X.C. to a U.C.I. A Pro C.X. race. Uh, you know, it, it was very ambitious, and I, I think they at least um, accomplished something that really benefited cyclocross as a whole and. It was almost like people in Europe could also watch some preseason cyclocross, and so many of our races were early on in the USCX series last year.
0: I think that it's also it's it's um, expectations uh, need to be in check, and I I'm I'm really looking forward to the series this year. I think really rad being in there is another interesting uh, addition because it's a it's a race that uh, everybody says it's a great event but nobody's really seen it outside of photos and everything right. else kind of similar to go cross yeah. you know so so just having the exposure on those those races rochester has been around for a long time everybody knows jingle cross you know mm-hmm. that wasn't one everybody that was knows a, charm city too everybody so. knows charm city of course and and t-shirt on right now <laughs> yeah it, it, and just just having the second year of this series i'm really interested to see to see how it how it goes, and I guess, I guess here's my thing, and especially talking to you because you're in this now, is that my my um, my challenge to all all the kind of cyclocross fans and commenters and Twitter users out there is uh, let's 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 go into this season without your first instinct being to say something negative about everything 100% <laughs> agree with you
1: for that and uh, going back just a minute yeah temporary expectations is a great way to put it because you know the you know john and and scott they they were building something not just for the present but for the future
0: yeah you got to start somewhere Look, yeah and, and it's it's like i i i hate seeing people get kicked for trying to do something yep. <laughs> that's that's the thing that drives me crazy it's like we're trying to do this thing you know we have huge ambitions for it but in they're building blocks it didn't necessarily go all as planned last year but we learned a lot as you said and 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 building on that and i i just i, I want to see a little more patience and just you know ability to say hey let's see what happens and let's not just you know uh go negative right away. And, and, and the second part of this, and I'll probably get killed for saying this, um, USA cycling is not always the bogeyman here.
1: No, they are not at all. (laughs) And like I said earlier, like the amount of respect, I mean, like I've always liked the people I know, I know everybody, but then actually seeing from even before 4am on some of these days until almost 11 o'clock at night, what that crew is doing with this traveling uh, amateur road nationals show, which it's the same crew that's going to be at all the other nationals, Uh, even cyclocross where, you know, the venue is not changing, not changing locations, but the venue is always changing and they got to keep up with those changes. It was was incredible just watching how hard they work. And then, you know, they they also have to deal with the
0: entire sport. So, yeah. And that's not to say that, I've agreed with every decision they've made. Mm -hmm. I I think that I've had a lot of issues with decisions that USA cycling has made. I think the, the one thing that I always find amusing is that people, uh, give them much more power over the sport than they actually have. 100 <laughs> percent And you know, a lot of even people even give the UCI a lot more power in a lot of these things than they than they actually have. 110%. So that's 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 kind of it. I don't know you're you're sort of my sounding board for this. I haven't talked about really the oh, upcoming yeah. season for cyclocross with anybody for a while. So it's good to just kind of have that conversation. But yeah, that's that's my that's my goal for for fans of cyclocross in the US this year is to Give everybody a chance. Enjoy the racing, and um, yeah, try to keep it a little positive.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, either pin a number on or show up on the other side of the tape with a cowbell. Come on out!
0: Yeah, that's the thing. That's that's. I I think just even even being in Roanoke for. Uh, this weekend, you know, even though I was here just for the criterium day, uh, it was so much fun. It, it kind of got me jazzed for cyclocross, just seeing you all seeing, uh, <laughs> you know, just talking to people downtown that I've seen at go cross. And, um, you know, I, I always get the, what are you doing at a road race? Um, oh
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, some cyclocrossers, uh, had a good weekend too. I mean, Curtis was on the podium yesterday. Kerry had a top 10, uh, and then he got eighth in the road race. Uh, not to mention the uh the other UCI directors that happen to be part of the organization this
0: weekend yep i i just uh, shout them out a lot of um cx hairs devo uh,
1: yeah. uh members. I, I heard the
0: name sarkasov a lot this weekend <laughs> sarkasov lydia kuzak uh mm-hmm. the, the Two gold medals out there. Um, Ella Brenneman with a with a podium. Yeah, it, that was that was that was one of the re- reasons I wanted to come down here. And again, it's you know it's it's uh, supporting development in cyclocross and just seeing what those same athletes do in other disciplines is always always amazing. Kicking ass is what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so you've you've gone from grassroots to C two weekend to C one C two weekend. What's what's the future look like? What's the future?
1: Well, I mean, we do have an LOC that is, has gotten. Uh, they've already gotten placing bids for for national championships. So we'll see what hold what, what's in the future. You know, maybe have a couple alternative
0: venues that can hold a few more people in mind. Got a lot of hotels here. You're what. Ten minute drive from the airport to the course. About <laughs> you
1: mean the easiest airport to fly in and out of?
0: <laughs> Which is that's the one thing. It's like where's Roanoke? But the one thing is, you have a decent sized airport. Yeah, that... I mean it's it's a regional
1: airport, but I mean in, unless it's crazy busy or you know Charlotte or Dulles or whatever gets backed up, I mean it's so easy to get in and out of. Um, it's you know if if it's a flight's forty dollars more, it's going to save you more, more than forty dollars in time to to fly into Roanoke versus Greensboro or Charlotte or anywhere else that's hour and a half, three hours away.
0: Are you part of the, uh, VACX again? We
1: are, we're going to, not every category is going to be scoring points because we're going to be following the USCX, uh, schedule and cause they have amateur, uh, series categories as well. So hopefully we'll get some good, uh, good amateurs coming out too. I mean, we had a great amateur presence last year from, literally all over the country which is absolutely incredible to think that people from Massachusetts and Colorado and even Oregon are coming to Roanoke to to come race cyclocross here I mean it's it's awesome I and mean, I love it
0: <laughs> yeah and it, the, the what I always love about this race too cuz I don't get to see I mean they come up for DCCX, but they're not this is this seems to be the almost the North Carolina UCI champ other than Hendersonville. It's like sort of this in Hendersonville. Oh, that's another question. So what um, you guys were sort of linked with them last year. I know if the USCXC can't do that yeah, again.
1: Yeah, we, we're, not, we're not able to do that this year, but we've got an incredible working relationship with uh, Tim and Laura and the crew at, at uh, NCGP. That, anyone that hasn't gone down to Hendersonville, which is just outside of Asheville, that is a great way to end your season if you're not going to nationals.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a race that I haven't been down to yet, but I need to I my, my plan is to to make it there this year. It's like every every other year something has conspired right. against yeah. me going down there.
1: Yeah. I, I went down there last year, raced both days, had a blast. The course is is
0: a lot of fun and they make great changes day to day. What do you consider if you included North Carolina, you what do you consider this? this region like we nobody knows how to define mid-atlantic yeah like i've heard new New york to like south carolina as mid-atlantic
1: yeah it's uh it's uh geographically uh fluid let's just call it that but uh i mean we we're definitely you know it's like we've got one foot in the mid-atlantic and one foot in the southeast and i'm fine with that i mean we've got southern hospitality with
0: appalachian courtesy here so we welcome everybody (laughs) When people come for go cross, what, what is it in Roanoke be restaurants that I'm stealing? This isn't a man and the question. question, okay. like post race. And then even, you know, next day breakfast, whatever else, where, where, wh- what do people need to do in Roanoke? Oh
1: man, the, there are so many amazing restaurants in downtown Roanoke, which were not there when you were at, at a, at a, at, in a law school. It's kind of funny. It's a, uh, it's a whole different world down there. We actually have people living there. That w- here's a chan- tangent, real quick. But previous years, when we would have a big time crit downtown, nobody lived in downtown, and now we have thousands of people that live in actual downtown. So that was that was an interesting hurdle for logistics this weekend. But um, I mean, the, the downtown, everything from Fortunato, the Market Building. Uh, hmm, that's a good question. We've got Scrambled is a great place to get breakfast scratch biscuit company if you want to go full Carrie Werner, when you're not having pancakes and getting a nice giant biscuit with whatever in between the biscuit
0: <laughs> <laughs> sorry i am completely cracked bill i know you have, so i want to let you go after this so what's the uh, way what you yeah what, so but you are um so you get to sleep now and then is it just straight into go cross
1: uh, yes it is straight into go cross you know we normally we'd have a lot more done by now but with that whole waiting for the C1 approval and then the USCX stuff, we kind of had to had to kind of pump the brakes, but fortunately we 've got such a foundation from the previous years that it's really quick to spin up that flywheel and get going. Uh, you have Pete from Roanoke outside, he was on vacation this week. We have this week coming up, and then Kate from Roanoke outside, who is who I work closely with because she's the she puts the event uh, side of things together, and I put the race side of things together, and it 's an incredible re- relationship there working. Um, but, um, she goes on vacation the week after. So this week is the week to get everything permitted, get everything
0: going, get registration open as soon as possible. Just coming to this area and spending more time. This is such a, Undiscovered gem, not only for cyclocross but just riding in general. Right. Just Blue Ridge and every—it's I mean, just you know, not even just like on the road, but just all the gravel, all the all the off-road stuff. Just like, just such a cool area.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's only what nine forty in the morning, and that's probably going to be the biggest understatement I've heard today because the riding here is absolutely incredible. Yeah, we don't have the five and six thousand footer mountains of Asheville, but we've got just outside of town, just miles and miles of endless gravel, which some of it is so sublime like 13 mile climbs and uh, just roller coaster rides on gravel and the mountain biking here is absolutely phenomenal and then the road ride in here is absolutely phenomenal and we've got go cross and a park that you can just go ride your bike in so we've got everything i mean we're not really that we're far but we're not that far i mean a good chunk of the country can get here in less than a day's drive
0: yeah it's it's uh again i look forward to what is it? uh October when is when is go cross what's the date Oh September September I'm sorry Se- 17 18 I think it's 17 18 yeah. whatever that Saturday and Sunday is and cuz
1: uh Rochester's 24 25 so yep.
0: 17 18 sounds right That's right Hopefully DCCX will be the weekend before I
1: I think that's what everybody has kind of like calendar wise marked as their first race weekend in Virginia
0: Right so that's that's my that's my plea now to everyone who's going to be gearing up for go cross <laughs> See now we get to piggyback off of you. <laughs> the, the, yeah. the, the, the tables have turned. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. come to come to DCCX, not a UCI race, but good still course. an amazing race. Come get get a good warm up, do some training down in the uh, Roanoke Valley, get yourself ready for some humidity. <laughs> yeah, and then go race Cross Yeah. Frank, awesome talking to you. Glad we finally did this.
1: Thank you, Bill. I do not envy the amount of editing you're going to have to do for my <laughs> extreme long run-on sentences.
0: Dear cycling friends,